off on a, on a much more uh, positive note. Um, I don't think I'm going to be as gloom and doom as uh, as one would expect. So welcome. This is Face Off with Chris. We are on the Enterprise Sports Network or anywhere you guys are listening to podcasts. Uh, thank you very much for everyone who, who's who been tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to talking. Um, man, we're, we're going to be talking a lot of Phillies today. We're going to talk baseball. Uh, we're going to be talking Eagles, football. Um, just a lot to dive into, man. And um, it's not – I can't even really say if any of it's really positive. Um well, there were two positives. Joining me this week is uh, is is my dad, who's been on my shows a couple other times, a couple other podcasts. Um, always has obviously a, a, an opinion uh, on Philadelphia sports. He's one of those um, sports fans that, if it's not the Eagles, Phillies, Sixers, or Flyers, he really just doesn't care. So. Um, it's good to talk to somebody like that because it comes from uh, a, a place of passion and, and care for the teams, um, especially someone who's got over, you know, 40, 45 years um, of watching it. So, uh, Dad, how you doing tonight? I'm doing okay. I'm hanging in here. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, all right. So, I want to kind of start things off uh, with the Phillies, and then we can kind of dive more into uh, the Eagles because that's, you know, really – where a lot of issues are happening right now. Um, but to start with the Phillies, you know, they, they just ended their um, – what's that, their, their, their eighth consecutive losing season. Um, haven't made the playoffs in, in nine years now. It's um, since 2011. Um, you know, they, they really – in the last six games, Dad, they only needed to win two, right? And they couldn't even do that. Uh, you know, you get into the final weekend – and it was just an absolute nightmare. Um, you know, uh, Zach Wheeler pitched decent on Saturday. You know, the bats still couldn't do anything. And then Sunday, like every September, it seems like Aaron Nola just flat out cannot pitch a big game. Uh, it was the biggest game of his life. And well, he's never absolutely- been he's never been in that situation. Like you said, they haven't made the playoffs in nine years, so he's never even had that type of experience to, to, you know, you can't even draw any conclusions from him because he's really never been put in that type of a situation because they never made the playoffs with him. Right. And I, and I've, and I've talked about Aaron Nola uh, quite a bit uh, over the last couple of years. And, you know, I, I, I always bring this up and I say the same thing to people is, um, Aaron Nola's scouting report when he was being drafted is he's, he's a high-end three, and at best he's going to be a number two. Uh, and I think he continues to prove that he is um, a solid number two on the Phillies, but on, on a good baseball team, you know, Aaron Nola is a three. He doesn't have anything overpowering. You know, he's a, he's a right-handed pitcher that throws 92, 93. You know, it, it's different when you're – you know, he has like Cole Hamill stuff, right? But the difference yeah. is Cole is a lefty, and Cole has arguably the best changeup in baseball, so he has that out pitch. Aaron Nola, for some reason, since that, that second yeah, or never third really year, developed one. Right, and ever since that second or third year – uh, where he was second or third in the Cy Young voting, he really hasn't even come close to that level. Yeah, um, and, and, and I agree. Yeah, thankfully he's not being paid well, like an ace. And no, I think that they uh, knew what they were doing when they made that deal. Right, you know, they, right, and that was they smart. That they were, they thought that they were getting an ace, and they got a bargain. But I really think what they were thinking was all right his first contract where, you know, we'll try to limit how much money we pay because we're not quite sure of what we got yet. And you could see what you got. You got a, you got a number two on the Phillies mm-hmm. on a team like the Phillies. And you got a number three on God on an Atlanta Braves team on a Dodgers team. He's a, three. Yeah. he's a three. He is. And look, that's not a bad a thing. Solid, it's not a horrible thing. It's a solid no. two, but right. I think the Phillies know that they got to go out and get a number one. Right. And that's, that's the thing I try to say is it's not a bad thing that Aaron Nola is a number three. He's being paid like one. And, 
But one other thing I, w- I had wanted to mention to you, you said um, the Phillies needed to win um, and you, uh, what, at least one or two, two out of the six. Yeah. And you said they needed to win. What the reason why I'm bringing that up is because other than the last game where they got shut out five mm-hmm. nothing, they needed to win, I think is not fair to the offense. Okay. I think okay. they had leads. Um, that were squandered. Right. And I think they should only be really, I don't, the bullpen. Yeah, for sure. So, worst, worst bullpen in MLB history. Correct. So that's what I'm saying is I think they've scored enough run. First of all, the other thing you got to realize too is they should never have been in that situation. Right. Where they needed to wait to the last weekend to make the playoffs. Right. They, they were in a, they lost seven or eight games during the year. Mm-hmm. I think it was eight or nine, did you tell me? It was nine games that they squandered a three or more run lead? So the the yes, was it was nine spent? games that they squandered three or more runs. But the Phillies, right. the outrageous stat, and you know, someone can look it up and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm I'm pretty sure this is correct. The Phillies led in um it was 49 out of 60 games. They That's- held a lead. Well, that, that's my point. Right. That's what I was trying to say. I don't really think you can blame anything on the offense this year. I mean, right. of you know, Reese Hoskins getting hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, the, uh, the way he started the year, he's lucky he didn't get cut. Right. They stuck with him, and then he battled through it. And then how a first baseman gets Tommy John is beyond me, but it mm-hmm. happened. But – be. be other than him, I think, and Bryce Harper having a bit of a drought. Other than him, I think the offense was, other than um, Reese's beginning of the year woes and then well, Bryce real, Harper's well, middle of the year woes, I think that the offense was steady and provided enough for them to have made the playoffs. And and Real, Mut- I'm at Real, Real Muto it, and Harper at the same time hit a, hit a, hit a, a rough patch. And yeah. then Real Muto misses about a week. Um, yeah. so that was difficult. Thank goodness. Andrew but Knapp Brad hit over three, uh, not Pratt. I'm sorry. Yeah. Andrew Knapp. Um, Knapp hit hitting. over 300. Right. Right. He, he at least solidified the position offensively other than the long ball, but he right. got on base. He walked. Yeah. That, and uh, unfortunately the Phillies the eyes, but right. And unfortunately the Phillies, you know, as Reese Hoskins was starting to hit, he goes down with the UCL injury. Then unfortunately, and you and I just recently talked about this. It's been really difficult. Um, seeing Scott Kingery just completely fall off the face of the earth. Uh, I, that's the only, that's the other guy I forgot. I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah. And, and that, that's yeah, the tough he, part. So it, that, that's the, that's the one that really hurt them offense. I, I, again, I can't blame the offense for the season, but if you want to pinpoint somebody on the offense that really, really hurt them, it would be him. I, I agree. Um, he totally destroyed them offensively. No, I agree. And uh, we're also on Facebook Live here, so if you guys have any uh, Eagles, Phillies questions you guys want to send in my way, um, as much as I can peek over here, I'll, I'll check what the questions are. Um, but thank you to those who have joined in. Um, but that kind of goes now, and we're in the off season now. Um, that and this is where you know it was reported last week um, by a couple people inside baseball that you know if the, if the Phillies missed the playoffs, which they did, they expected that within a day or two, Matt Klentak was going to be relieved of his his duties, whatever he does. Um, well, and Bob Brookover, um, I believe he's writes for the Enquirer, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I could be sure. wrong on that. But Bob Brookover reported that he spoke to a couple sources within the Phillies who said that they don't expect Matt Klintak to lose his job. And, you know, obviously now we're in the playoffs and baseball is not they're, – they're, they're against any team that didn't make the playoffs making huge announcements while the playoffs, the postseason's happening. So, realistically, the only time – we might hear of Klintak being let go is either after the World Series winner or if there's an off day or two between between games, which there's not going to be many as we get to this last final sprint to the to the to the World Series. But well, 
Good. Again, again, offensively, um, I think that he did a pretty good job of bringing in some talent other than Kingery. Um, uh, Didi Gregorius was fantastic. Sabura played. Uh, I really Sabura believe hit. they got assigned Didi to at least a, a two or three year deal. He's got to be the made, shortstop. That, I mean, I know what's going on with Real Amuto, but he did negotiate the trade to get him here. But if he or, doesn't sign him, then it was an awful – it was a bad move because you didn't two, get anything two out of mediocre, it. Yeah, two mediocre seasons. But my point that I'm trying to make with Klentak is that I think he's solely responsible for the, the debacle and for the destruction of the bullpen and the yeah. pitching staff. And you, So, in my opinion, I think that based on just that alone, I think he should be he, – he should – it would be right to lose his job. But the well, other thing that you got to realize is two years ago when he, when he had the Bryce Harper press conference, he was t- t- taunted, not taunted, but he was flaunting painted oh. at, by the owner of the organization as, you know, what an unbelievable job. The general manager, mm-hmm. what an unbelievable job the general manager did. And, right. uh, and you had to get to look at it this way. And that it had never, and then that it had never been done before. You know that the owner saying he's never brought three or four all stars. Uh, uh, nobody's ever brought three or four all stars in from the previous year to the team. You remember that? Yes. However, so what I'm saying is, it could be very. It's not going to be as easy as everybody thinks it is to eliminate him. But I, I, think I agree. But be. but you have to look at it this way. It was it was very well known that Middleton was the guy who closed the deal for Harper. Because True. It was. It came out from numerous people that Clentac didn't want Harper. He wanted Machado. Yeah. Um, or he didn't want either of them. Um, so you know the owner had to go above the general manager to get in a Bryce Harper. Well, I agree with you. So, but but then you look at when Bryce Harper was signed. When when Harper was signed, um, Clentac went in front of the media, in front of the fans, and said, "The time to win is now." So now we're going on five years as him as general manager, five losing seasons, no postseason. And what makes the matters worse is here (laughs) is that the Phillies have the seventh highest payroll in Major League Baseball, and they can't sniff the postseason. Nope. So you – and Bryce Harper said it in his – in the end of the season interview where where Harper said – you know, you can't go and buy a bullpen. The bullpen is something you have to build from within. You can't go and start spending billions of dollars or millions of dollars, obviously, on bullpen arms. And that's what Clentac did, and it completely butchered. He wasted a ton of money on David Robertson, who barely even looked at a, a mound for the Phillies. He wasted all that money on that, that Nimrod, Pat Neshek, and then you look at the moves that he made this year for the Workmans, uh, who came in and was – brutal he just basically picked up where he left off in boston um and and then you go back to even a couple years ago when he signed jake arietta to make 25 million dollars a year for for three guaranteed years there that's Um, horrible horrible signing yeah and he can jake arietta gave you absolutely nothing and he he continued right and he continued to throw out there um the 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 efflins the pavettas the Vince Velasquez's, but yet he goes out here and he's spending all this money on bullpens. And, you know, it, it, he finally went and got Zach Wheeler, but again, one pitcher is not going to do anything for you, but now you go, but the, and it's deeper. It goes so much deeper than that, dad, when it comes to Matt Klintak, one of the main jobs for a general manager. And and obviously you, you know this, but maybe some others don't is they had to build a farm system. Yeah. And the Phillies have the worst, according to Baseball America, have the worst farm system in Major League Baseball. And because all you got to do is go around the diamond. First base, okay, Reese Hoskins, they drafted. Who's their starting second baseman every night? Is it, I guess, Kingery? I guess, and he's a flop. So Kingery, as of right now, is a flop. Shortstop, Didi Gregorius, free agent. Third base is now Alec Boehm. Okay, that's drafted. We don't know what we're going to get from him for a full 162. We'll see. I think he hit on that one. I I, I do too. Uh, left field, Andrew McCutcheon. Very good, but still, 
I love Angie McCutcheon. I'm, I'm happy with every single dollar he gets. But at the time of that deal, it was a three-year, $60 million. Who is he bidding against? There was nobody in baseball that was going to give Angie McCutcheon $60 million. No. Nonetheless, that's a free agent signing. Center field, well, they have no one. Adam Hazley is just not going to cut it, I, mm-hmm. I don't think. Not as a center fielder. Roman Quinn literally is a walking Band-Aid. Yep. And Bryce Harper, yes, uh, yeah, Bryce Harper, obviously the the man of the franchise. Real Muto, they traded a possible ace in Major League Baseball at 22 years old in Sixto Sanchez, and they're probably obviously going to let Real Muto walk. Well, if they, if you know, he should be fired if he lets Real Muto, Real Muto walk. Right, and based on giving up that prospect, also for two right, years and of, you, and of the other mediocrity. Problem- and, and then you don't know what you have in Spencer Howard completely yet. So my, my problem is in five years, a $200 million payroll, no playoffs, you're probably going to let the best catcher in baseball walk. Most likely he's going to go within a division because the Mets just got bought out by a um, – by by a fifteen billion a billion dollar owner, yep. and they want they're all over Real Muto, so he's probably going to get offered Buco bucks from the Mets, which would be, I'll run through my window if if the Mets get JT Real Muto, but then here's the other part you got to look at. Here's how the order of the Phillies organization goes, whether people believe this or not. John Middleton at the top. I would assume maybe Joe Girardi right now is number two. The third most important piece of that franchise is Bryce Harper. Like he, you made him, he is that stalwart now of that franchise for the next decade plus. So you're, you just got done your second year in with Bryce. Okay. And you know, you sold him to sign here when you traded for his best friend, JT Real Muto. You're two years done now. Hoskins. And yeah, and then you're two years into this with, with Harper now. He came here because he said that the team basically promised him a foundation of winning. And, you know, this is a team that's going to compete for but years. But he also to come. said that he was willing to deal with the ups and downs. Right. But I'm pretty sure he didn't think with a, uh, the seventh highest payroll in baseball, there was going to be a lot of downs. True. So you bring in Real Dude. Muto. You sell Harper on the fact that your best friend's coming here. And now you're at year two. And Harper made it very known that the that the Phillies have to sign Real Muto. If you let Real Muto walk, okay, what are you telling Bryce Harper? Like, what are you telling him? That he doesn't mean anything. And that win that, is that winning. They don't a, value him as high as they, as they originally told him that he was valued. I, I agree. So, to me... And, you know, I said this before, and Jay and I talked about this, and I talked to Kevin Cooney about it as well, where you could be going into year four or five when Harper's turning 30, where Bryce could be the kind of guy who says, look, you know, if, if this is what it's going to be, you, you, I want to be traded. I agree. And I, I, and I think that's – I agree with that totally 100%. I, I, you know, it's a 13 year contract or whatever. That's what it was, but yeah, he, he's a winner. He won a, he won a world series. No, he did not. Oh, he wasn't with the national. No, he, he was there the year. After oh, he was the with the, he, 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 the year after. I'm sorry. Yeah. But he wants to win a world series and, you know, he wanted to be part of a large market and a, and a fan base that cared. And I think he knows the fan base cares, but as far as the general manager concerned, uh, he it has the the general ma- manager has not proven anything to him. I, I agree, and so especially with the bullpen moves at the end of the, at the end of the season, it just I hard. agree. Uh, I, I I agree but again. And, like I said, offensively, I have to keep on. I have to keep on. I have to keep on reminding myself, and should remind the listeners that the offense did what it needed to do. I they agree. were ahead of they were ahead 49 out of 60 games. That's enough to win a playoff spot. And uh, even more probably. Oh, I mean technically if they had a bullpen and a half decent pitching staff, they could have probably won a division. 
they could have been the best record in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> right. So but um, the, the other one is the three run lead with, you know, just think about the Phillies in 2008. If you just think about this for one second, when you said that the Phillies had eight games where they were, they lost a three run lead. Just imagine you had a, you had a, uh, a guy on the 2008 Phillies who was perfect. Right. The eight, you know, yeah. So it is possible to have not, you know, it is possible to have somebody don't even have to be perfect. The, if, it, if, if they would have had 50% of that, they would have made the playoffs. And, and, and here's, here's a thing that, that burns, that burns me up about, um, about like a guy like Clentac, you know, I can, I can use a football reference here. You know, they say the game football is won in the trenches, right? Offensive yeah. line, defensive line. Those kinds of players is how you build a, a winning team, yeah, right? From the line out, yep. Right. So in Major League Baseball, it's proven that you just – you cannot win without pitching. And Oops. this season proved it. You had an offense that was top four in the world. Yeah. But the fact that a single entity, a bullpen, after the sixth inning on basically, you were going to lose the game. And that bullpen is solely – and Klentak is solely responsible for that bullpen. Solely You're, responsible. Solely responsible. Yeah, Klentak is one hundred percent responsible. Nobody else you can blame. I agree. Yeah, Girardi could only put in the arms that were there. I, I, and, I, and, and Girardi said, "Girardi said it every night." Because he was asked, obviously, when yeah. you blow a game almost every day, you're going to be asked the same question. And Girardi, all he could ever say is, "I can only throw who I have." Yeah, that's it. I can't just grab someone. I mean, when you're up 13 to nothing and you wind up winning the game 13 to nine, you know that there are some serious, serious issues. Right. I agree. Um, I mean, at, at 13 to nothing, you should be pulling Harper out. You should be pulling all your main players out. And there's, mm -hmm. he never was afforded that opportunity to do that. Uh, I agree. So um, now, mm -hmm. so before we get over to uh, the Eagles to, you know, we're, you know, where we are really going to, to dig in here. Um, your your final opinion on the Phillies offseason, do you expect Real Muto to be back? Um, do you expect Klentak to be fired? What are your I, expectations? I expect a major public relations disaster if they let Real Muto go. And I do, unfortunately, mm -hmm. I think that he'll, this is the way I think it'll play out. I think that he'll wind up signed in Real Muto and save his job for one year. Okay. If, if, re, if, if he's unable, I just can't imagine Middleton not wanting Real Muto. I just can't imagine it. And if Klentak somehow convinces him to, that, you know, that's the best move, then he's the I devil. think his days are numbered. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think it's just a Real Muto thing. And, you know, you listen to WIP radio, well, you, you read as well. You're going to have a major season ticket holder issue if Matt Klintak is back. Yo, yeah, and the other thing that he needs to do besides re – and like you said, I thought you were going to go a different route with that. The, the fan base, that's what I meant by a public relations disaster. Oh, for sure, yeah. But my thing is that if he let – he's also got to get it. He's he got to get it. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen, but we both know you got to get an ace, hmm. and you got to completely revamp that bullpen completely uh, from the – from. You know, I'm tired of seeing Hector Neris let up four hits. Mm -hmm. uh, every, you know, he's got a five-run lead and he lets up four hits, um, walks people. I, I, it's just the bullpen and the ace and Real Muto. I think everything else is solid. I think that they found their third baseman. Mm -hmm. And they have their first baseman if Real Muto, if, if, if they're done with Hoskins. Yeah. Then you put Rom there, and then you uh, move the, the, the Zagora to third. I think the best thing that they can do, the best thing that they can possibly do, um, is, and, and look, I, I don't, I don't like, I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. But I mean, if they're going to do it, they can do it now. I would sign obviously JT Realmuto to a long-term deal, and this is why you're not tied to Reese Hoskins for anything. And it's clear, and you saw it this year, and you saw parts of last season where um, 
they try, they put Real Muto at first base. Yeah. The number one thing that you're going to get out of Real Muto in a five-year deal is that bat. Well, so, the other thing, well, the other big, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but the biggest thing with that is the DH. And then it now you have the D- up, so it, it opens up a lot of opportunities for somebody like him. Right. So let's just say you want to keep a Hoskins, which is fine. Eventually, you're going to have to move Real Muto or, or Alec Bohm over, over somewhere because Bohm, one, he's a big boy. He's a big, lanky boy, and that's not yep. going to work out too well at third base. And he's already shown that he's not the greatest defensive third baseman. But, you know, Nolan Arenado's and Scott Rollins don't grow on trees. So it's mm-hmm. not – I'm not going to hold that against him. I, I, I'll take his bat anytime. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Um, I could take Bohm's bat any day of the week. So that what you have to look at with now the universal DH is you have to say – all right, so what value is JT Real Muto for the next five years? The value is you're not tied to Hoskins, and Hoskins hasn't done anything to where you absolutely have to say, oh, we have to keep this guy. Correct. So you keep you, – you, maybe you trade Hoskins for somewhat of a decent bullpen arm, and you, you, put, you move um, Boehm over the first, and then in a, in a couple years, like what the Giants did with Buster Posey is – to save that body, you just move Real Muto back over to first base. Yeah. Or like you said, totally agree. or you have your DH. You keep Hoskins, mm-hmm. right? You you keep Boehm at third base for a, a, another year or two, see what happens with Hoskins. And then in a couple of years, you have that DH spot now, which will be okay. perfect. The DH might even be a great role for Hoskins if he can figure out how to hit consistently. Yeah. And he can figure out how to not how how to not strike out all the time. He would be right. And for for me, we just got point. asked a question on on Facebook Live. Is you know thoughts on re-signing Didi Gregorius? <laughs> I I mean one, I got to give Didi credit for betting on himself and taking a one year deal with the with the Phillies. And I think he's a guy that has to be signed yesterday by the Phillies. Um, I I think he's flawless at shortstop. Well, and the, answer, the guy can hit. In answer to that question, the one thing that we both agree on, mm-hmm. and I'm sure your audience would too, the offense was the offense for the most part was not the problem. So you right, want right. to keep those off. Sorry. It's all to, there's the, <laughs> So that's well that's the, the, go ahead. The, I'm sorry. I apologize. Oh, the offense is something that you have to keep intact because they're the ones that are going to be there. They're your money. Yeah. So the offense has to be kept intact. Right. So what I mean is Real Muto, uh, D.D. Gregorius. Um, uh, obviously, you got Bryce Harper signed. Yeah, you're I fine. also think that within the next year or two, you're going to have to think of a replacement for McCutcheon. Oh yeah, you got to think about that now. Yeah, yeah. I but mean, I mean, the bottom line is you need to keep the offense intact. I I agree with you. So um, that's his, his, so, and that's keeping Real Muto. That's keeping you know getting the uh, Gregorius signed, and making sure that that offense stays intact and then you have to definitely start attacking that bullpen. Yeah. And you know, DD Gregorius is going to cost a pretty penny because if you look at free agents, there's not a lot of shortstops that jet that enter free agency, especially no. of that quality. So DD is going to no. cost good money. Um, so yeah, for, for me, I really don't know before we get to the Eagles here. I, I don't know what to expect from the Eagles or the Phillies. I really thought for sure that, you know, Monday at noon, we were going to have, you know, the hearing of a press conference of Clintac being let go. We haven't gotten that yet. So it looks like we're gonna have to wait a, a few weeks if it happens at all. I just don't, I can't see John Middleton thinking that keeping Matt Clentac around is going to be something that's a smart move for the team moving forward. I mean, you gotta, you gotta think of the shareholders. You gotta think of the fan base that eventually is going to come back, whether it's next, you know, March or maybe early summer, eventually fans are going to have to buy tickets to come back into the stadium. Um, So, 
And you just got to think about that. And there's a lot to think about for this team in the off season. Um, and, you know, Middleton's got to figure out if it's worth going over the luxury tax. I know that's a big problem with a lot of people. Um, the luxury tax does affect certain teams differently. And the Phillies are one of that teams where the luxury tax, if they go over, it's not that bad. So, you know, the, the, the Phillies got to figure out, you know, they got, you know, all these people on analytics, all these people in financials, try to figure out a way to to get that payroll down, but able to sign quality players. Um, so we, there's a lot that's got to happen. Billionaire is your owner. You know, yeah. think about the, you know, Golden State in the uh, to switch leagues basketball. I mean, there's a luxury tax, yes, but with a billionaire as your owner, and he pays somebody three hundred million dollars. I don't really think that's Clintock's problem to worry about the money. I think it's his problem to go to the owner and say, I want this guy. We need this guy. Let's get him. Spend the money. Yeah. And I think, and you know, Middleton said before money's not an issue. So it's that there's just a lot that has to go on there. All right. So once again, you guys are are listening and watching um, face off with Chris here on the enterprise sports network. Um, We're going to get into some Eagle stuff now. So this is where, it really kind of gets a little hairy. Um, all right, so we're o two and one here, uh, Dad, and um, probably the first time in my life, and I don't count the Sixers because they don't exist in my world. So when when you lose on purpose for five years, you kind of don't exist in my world. So when there was the first time in my life, especially for watching the NFL or watching Major League Baseball. The first time I've ever seen a coach actually quit a game, quit on his team. And why, what was your thoughts in that overtime and your opinion um, when you saw one, obviously we all flipped when Pryor jumped off sides, but then what was your thought immediately when you saw the punt unit come out? Well, let me say this, because uh, you had started this. I had said to you, you didn't hear me, that there were two good things that happened over the weekend, mm-hmm. the Eagles. The first is they didn't lose. Okay. I rather have lo- would rather have second, lost. The second is Dallas lost. Yes. So they're the only two good things that happened. The Giants and the Redskins are like Riverside football to me. They're not even <laughs> – they're not even they're not even in the in the talk with mm-hmm. the Cowboys with a quarterback that could throw for 500 yards and you and lose a running back that can run at will. I think you got to worry about them. But anyway, I I was in shock. Mm-hmm. I was dismayed. I was flabbergasted. There are so many adjectives that I could use for that uh, for that debacle that occurred at the end. I don't think other than Andy Reid calling a timeout to punt. If you, I don't, you, you remember that? I remember. It was a long time ago when Andy Reid decided to call his last timeout and he punted. Yeah. Usually when a coach calls a timeout, it's to, you know, scheme something offensively. Right. And instead he sent the punting unit out. Right. Other than that, besides that, this is the worst thing I've ever, and there's no explanation for what he did, although people are saying that that was the right decision, there's no way you can say I, that. Yeah, like, here, here's it, it's 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 a fact that that was the right decision. That's what that's what has been said to me. Look here, here. And that's what I a couple. This drives couple, me crazy. I, it drives me crazy too because here's a here's that, a thing. I would have fired him on the spot. <laughs> he he. So we know Jake Elliott's kicked a 61-yard field goal before in his career. So, so there was what 19 seconds left. 16 19, seconds. Left? 19 seconds. Okay, so 19, I'll never forget it. So if you're not going to go for it on fourth and 12, yep. One, you're already telling people that you don't trust your quarterback. That's one. You don't trust your quarterback on fourth and 12 to get a first uh-huh. down, or not to take a sack, or not to take a sack. So right. that's the offensive line. So I agree. then the next thing, okay, you were already set up to kick a 61-yarder, right? 59. Oh, 59? Yeah. They would have moved it back five to make it a 64-yarder. Right, okay, so it was going to be a 59-yard field goal. And Matt Pryor jumps. 
So then you don't, so when you don't kick the 60, if you kick the 64, let's just say you kick the field goal, right? You attempt the 64 yard field goal. Yep. You're taking probably eight seconds off the clock. Yeah. So the ball's floating up there. So it's going to come close or he's just going to miss it. So it's not like the other team's going to return it and put a guy back there and catch the ball and return it. Even if he does that, you're, the clock's going to run out. You're not going to score a touchdown. So if you kick the field goal and you miss, that means you put the Bengals on the 49-yard line with nine, like nine seconds to go. 11, 10 seconds. And, yeah. they have no, and they have no timeouts. It's a Hail Mary. Exactly. So why not just play for the win and try to kick the field goal? I, I, I don't know. I don't have an explanation for you. So what he I did is – I can't what give you or your did. listeners any explanation. And what he did on Monday on Angelo's show is what he admitted. Which he retracted. Yeah, he, he, he retracted the fact that he told the fans Sunday afternoon he didn't trust his kicker and he didn't trust his quarterback. Or his offensive line. Or he didn't to trust be, defense to, be honest, to make a stop. Right. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I, the, only th- the only ones out of those I agree with is I wouldn't trust the offensive line either. But I agree. To, to not get his quarterback sacked. But at that point, you drop your quarterback back. You explain to him that – and this has to be explained to Wentz, unfortunately, in his fifth year, you know, or fourth year. Unfortunately, this has to be explained to Wentz. You throw the frigging ball out of bounds. Yeah, and, and look, I, you know – Punning was the last thing I'd ever, I, I – I was sitting here next to your mom, and you know how she is. Yeah. And she had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I and thank God she didn't because you know how she would have acted. I'm sure when you explained it, she still said you were then wrong. I she still doesn't completely <laughs> understand what exactly happened, but what I, I've never seen that. And and did you hear Merrill Reese? Absolutely. Yeah. He was I um words can't express how unbelievable I feel and, about it. And Ray did if God were to tell me that that was the right decision. I would still disagree with God. I know. And, you know, Ray Dittinger said the same thing. And Ray Dittinger said he could Who kicked the uh, Who kicked the uh, 61-yarder against the Giants a few years ago? Nick Elliott. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So three extra yards? Right. Is going to deter you from trying to win a football game that you desperately needed to win against a bad football team other than the quarterback? Even he has no – he had one wide receiver. Not um, even that. Boyd. Well, I mean, so – yeah. Jay Green is done. Yeah, so you're, you're telling me that even if – even if you attempt the field goal, right, you're at least telling the fans that, I mean, I gave it a shot. You know, I – this is a head coach that has built a reputation of having the biggest set of balls in the NFL. So all of a sudden he becomes you, this coward. Do you, you what you're calling him a coward? You said absolutely. Oh yeah, well I agree with, yeah. with that particular with that particular uh, situation. I totally agree. Right. He so, he, he really then, let the city down. And then as I mean, nobody would be talking right now if he would have missed the field goal. Right. Uh, agreed. I would have been okay with a tie. Exactly. I'm with that. Okay. We we gave it a shot. I mean, our, our quarterback got us into a position to tie the game, even though we played a horrible game. Mm-hmm. Our, our quarterback still led two drives to secure the tie and get it into overtime. And um, then your coach decides that kissing your sister is the best route to go. Yeah, and and I, don't, I, don't, I don't even – Horrible. It's just football. disgraceful for an NFL quarterback to uh, – an NFL coach to think that way. And then it's also, and, uh, you know, your brother who's here and listening has all, has been very, very critical of Peterson in the past. And I've always, and I've always like defended Peterson mm-hmm. for, you know, giving me something I never thought I would see. Right. Was that, you- full? was that, was that lightning in a bottle? Yeah, absolutely. Was that luck? Absolutely. It was. Is he and- this? Is he, is he this inept? I don't know if he's inept. I think he's like a Joe Girardi where he's playing with what he's got. Because yeah. here's, another, here's another thing you got to think about too. 
And this is where Chris, I also, he had a Chris, he had a kicker to kick the 61 yard field goal. No, I agree. In but, his pocket. I know, but you also have to look at the fact that it's also an indictment on Jim Schwartz because he didn't think as well that, all right, I'm going to punt the ball because I don't want to give Joe Burrow a rookie quarterback oh, on the Cincinnati true. Bengals a chance to beat me. So there's so many factors here that go Burrow against the fact of not kicking the ball. Just kick the ball. And it. Oh. so this is going to go into um, – and if you guys on the chat right now, I see you guys on here. If you guys have any Eagles questions, throw them our way now. Um, so, um, and uh, no, Lauren, there's absolutely zero chance of the Eagles getting Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> um, so, um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some stats here. I Not got a stats. phone call. Well, I got a phone call last night about that. Mm -hmm. Somebody named Lauren. Yeah. And the, the the question was, will the Eagles ever get somebody like him? Only if Mahomes tears his ACL four times. And I said, I, 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 I doubt it. I doubt it very highly. Yeah, he's the he's the most talented quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, me too. Um, uh, so I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna break this down for you, and I want you to just let me run through it, and then we'll talk about. Again, I'm gonna start this off with saying I'm not gonna defend Carson Wentz's performances like you guys might think I'm going to because he has been awful in three games. But I, 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 I do want to run down something. So here we go. I'm going to – ready for this? So 2017 offseason, they sign Alshon Jeffrey. They get a Super Bowl out of him. Um, after that, um, he became a troublemaker. He, you know, was anonymously making comments about his offense and his quarterback um, in, in, the, uh, in the locker room. And now he hasn't played a 16-game season in two years. Um, even when he is playing, you can tell that he he has lost a few steps than what he was in Chicago. Um, then you go and let's go into the 2017 draft. They draft Mac Hollins and Shelton Gibson, both not on the team. Right? Correct. Awful. He could have drafted me. Right. And he so, would have made out just as bad. Then you go to the 2019 offseason. They signed Deshaun Jackson to a three-year, $28 million deal with $15 million of it guaranteed. And literally the guy has – I don't even – I'm not even going to bring up the two touchdowns because it's irrelevant. He's been meaningless. Yeah. Absolutely meaningless. Um, then you go to – then this is where it gets good. The 2019 draft. They draft J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Oh, and they pass up on guys like DK Metcalf. Um, they don't trade up or get a guy like Debo Samuel, guys like that. Then you go to the 2020 draft. Uh, they draft Jalen Rager over C.D. Lamb, Brandon Ayuk, Justin Jefferson, Chenault, T. Higgins, all of these guys who are contributing huge. Justin Jefferson for the Vikings – just had seven catches for 180 yards and a touchdown. Yep. Brandon Ayuk in San Francisco with a quarterback that shouldn't be playing had five catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown. So <laughs> you, you – and then I – now I'm going to tell you basically who's, who's the wide receivers for the Eagles. Greg Ward was a practice squad player, is probably now their best wide receiver. Um, uh, they have Zach Ertz, who is double covered now every single play. He was, he was invisible in the first half last week. It's going to be even worse with Goddard out. Now with Goddard out, he's not going to see anything. In the no. second half, Zach Ertz last week was huge. But, you know, you look back in the week two or week one, he, he had two drops, one of them being that could have saved the game for them. Um, yeah. Ertz is, you know, you, you, I'm not going to say he's playing disgruntled, but he's made it very clear that he, want, he wants money. He wants to be paid. And um, they all do. So you have to look at Ertz as now Goddard's going to miss weeks with a fractured ankle. Um, so my, and then you have, so I sent you the text this morning, dad. And the point is Carson Wentz is missing seven of his 11 starters on offense. And everybody blames Wentz. He, he definitely deserves a lot of the blame. He does. Carson Wentz, 
deserves a lot of the blame because he's regressed this season in three games he has regressed but my point is he i think this all stems back to how howie roseman has completely failed this franchise and he's failed carson wentz what is he supposed how can a guy get into a rhythm with a team that's never on the field i i agree I agree. Right. And, um, and I, I definitely think Howie Roseman is responsible for this, for the talent. He's, he's ultimately, and he said it himself, he's ultimately responsible for the talent level that is on the team. And at this right. current point in time, after three weeks of the season, uh, his quarterback is ranked 32nd out of 32nd. Yep. Um, I think he's tied for the league lead in interceptions. Yep, he's um, the worst. He has, a, uh, I think, second to worst passer rating in the NFL. And he, I think he's got one of the worst completion percentages in the NFL. Yes, very much so. But a lot of that is him. Agreed. But also, I would say 50-50. I would say 50% of it is he's got nobody that, he's got nobody that gets separation. He's right, none. Any space Mm-mm. other than the uh, – but then again, he had a running back that created space and he overthrew him by 10 yards. I agree, but he also has a running back that gets 18 touches a game because Doug doesn't run the football. Correct. He, I, when, when the game first started, I was sitting here watching it, and I thought he was going to have 150 yards rushing. I, I agree. Even, I, even in week like two was, against the Rams. Yeah, and there was – Five yards a carry, and they didn't give him the ball. And so – you look at Carson, and I think a lot of people are are forgetting they're lumping an entire body of work into three games, right? Yeah. Um, 2017, obviously, when should have won the, the, the MVP. The next season, he comes back from a torn ACL, breaks his back, and still throws 20 touchdowns and only seven interceptions in 14 games. Leads him in division. Comes back next, last season, throws 27 touchdowns and, again, only seven interceptions, has 4,000 yards, the first quarterback in NFL history to have over 4,000 yards passing and not one wide receiver over 500 yards receiving. I know. So, I don't know where's – the problem is, is he did it last year in the last month. Where did it go this year? Is it? Be, do you think – and you know Wentz is never going to say this, but is Wentz just not confident in anybody around him? Well, I think a lot of I think a lot of that has to do. I think a lot of his problems have to do with they say mechanics, but I think part of the mechanics problem is he's nervous back there. He's throwing off his back foot. He's he's not running around like he used to. I think he's. I think that he's gun. I, I said it. On he's gun shy. Looks very gun shy. I agree. And it looks like he doesn't want to. It looks like at one point he wants to take the whole game onto his shoulders, mm-hmm. but then in the, but then he does the complete opposite. Twenty minutes later, where it doesn't look like he wants to do anything, just looks like he wants to stand back there and take sacks. But I think a lot of that has to do with. You know, his left tackle, which is his blind side, was old, was a toll booth. On the field. He was held, a the, held the franchise hostage. Yep, for money. Yep. For money, which he's already got more money than he's ever going to be able to spend in his lifetime. Right. Um, uh, his, in the first game, his right tackle was out also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're already missing Brandon Samalo is gone. Brandon Brooks is out. Brandon Brooks is gone for the year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, look, I'm not – people say that I love Wentz and, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sticking with my quarterback for now. I'm not completely absolving him. But, you know, give him some of that talent you said that Howie's passed up on. Yeah. And tell me how he would look. And, and, the, and then you go back to the offseason – it came out that the Eagles refused to trade the Texans a first-round draft pick for DeAndre Hopkins. That same first-round draft pick that you draft Jalen Rager. Really? I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, we, we, we tried to beat you in fantasy, but DeAndre Hopkins 
had 11 or 12 catches, yeah. and that quarterback is like 5'9". Yeah. Imagine what imagine what DeAndre Hopkins would be like with somebody like, you know, Wentz throwing to him. And that's the thing is the problem is, and, and you know, uh, on our chat someone said, he does try to extend every play. And I think it's because – and you have to look at it as he's he also – he's a competitor. Yeah, he does. He, he does – I would agree with the fact that he tries to extend every play. Yeah. But sometimes you have, you to, have to put realize. a ball away. You have to. I'm sure, I'm sure the person who said that realizes at some point you have to throw the ball away in order to save yourself for the next play. Right. There's always going to be a next play. I agree. Got to save um, and, and he's not doing it. He's not doing it right now. I just don't think the mental capacity is there right now. Well, that's the other thing that's bothering me is the fact that I thought that Wentz mentally was able to overcome this, but it doesn't look like he's mentally capable of overcoming the shortcomings of the team. And that's – I think that, that your friend how much, the back needs to do that. And, look, these guys are human, right? You know, and what do you do? Like, there were – look, there were years where Peyton Manning threw 25 interceptions. So I didn't so, know that. Yeah, oh, there was a couple years. The first three or four or five years, Peyton Manning was an intercept. Was a Brett Favre was an interception machine. Well, listen, but, the other. But what do you do? You, the, it, okay. The, now you can help me out with this question. I feel like we are in the Buddy Ryan era, where yeah. the Eagles will spend every ounce of money on defense, which they have. They have the highest priced defense in the league. Highest, the highest defensive line in the league. Right. Well, then, well, they just gave. And they needed Slay, and he's been very good. Oh, he's been great. But I'm just yeah. saying, who other? I mean, they they don't they refuse to get weapons. Well, Buddy Ryan said that all he needs is his quarterback to do is make five plays a game. Yeah. That's all he wanted Randall Cunningham to do was make five plays a game, and for the most part, Randall did that for him. But then eventually. Defenses catch up to you. And I think that Doug has – and the, the organization, seeing what they saw in 2017, what they what Carson Wentz did in 2017, being the league MVP, I think they just assumed we can just throw anybody in there and, you know, we've got Ertz. He's got a security blanket. Let's get a couple people off the practice squad Let's draft a quarterback in the second round instead of another offensive weapon. And I think that that's the organization's fault, organization's fault for not giving this guy some weapons. I agree with you. So but now, at the same time, I, I grew up with, you know, dominant Donovan McNabb and, uh, you know, having Torrance Small. Charles Johnson. Charles James Johnson. Rash. <laughs> James Thrash. And somehow McNabb was able to make that work. You're right. Not, you know, he didn't win a Super Bowl. No. But but he was competitive with them. He still threw for 3,500 yards a year with them. I mean, I, I did the and numbers. That a couple, that had, but, I, I posted the numbers a couple weeks ago where his first five seasons, and, you know, Wentz is in his fifth year, his first five seasons, Donovan meant 55 and 19. Yeah. And he went to, what, four NFC championship games, one Super Bowl. Yes, he had a great defense, but you still got to score points, and the Eagles scored yeah. a lot of points in that era. They so, did. man, and, you know, obviously it's a different game, different time, different coach. Um, you know, you had a Brian Westbrook, but then again, Wentz now has Miles Sanders. Yep. Um, Miles, Sanders, Miles Sanders and uh, Brian Westbrook, to me, are both exactly the same. Yes. You know, they catch the ball out of the backfield when it's thrown to them. They, you know, they run very well. So I can't really use that as an excuse. No, but um, – and, and to Andy Reid's defense, even though, you know, he didn't like to run the ball, he used the hell out of Westbrook. And he used him and most of it was right. Right. And then you got to look at this way also. Unfortunately, Wentz is a product of this modern football where you can have – Barry Sanders in the backfield, but that quarterback's going to throw the ball 50 times. So when you have a quarterback in Carson who's throwing the ball 45 times to me and Brad, what, what's, what do you expect to happen? He's not, he's not Jesus Christ. Like he's, 
he's he's not going to be able to perform at a 2017 level. In 2017, he had an Ertz in his prime. He had Alshon. Torrey Smith was an established long uh, long ball, uh, a deep weapon. And you had a good running game. Well, right now, again, I'm not going to completely absolve Wentz. No, I'm not either. I'm a little bit more, you know, left all, all the way to the left being totally, I you know, get rid of him, and all the no. way to the right saying that he's the greatest quarterback since no. like Fed. Um, you know, I'm more, I'm more towards the right than the left. I'm not quite in the middle. I'm a little bit more towards the right because of the weapon situation. It's still a wait and mentally, see. Right, but mentally he's got to perform. He, he's If he wants to take the team on his back, he's got to perform a lot better than he has. I agree. And look, and I, I think, you know, again, people disagree. There are a lot of people who disagree, and there are a lot of people who agree. I, I am one that thinks that he is capable of it. I agree. What I saw in 2017. Look what you saw last year. Did, and then what they did last – then what he did last year in the last five or four games of the season mm-hmm. when he won four in a row and they won a division. I agree. And he um, took the team on his shoulders, and he, and he didn't have Deshaun Jackson. No. So, you know, that was a major – he that was a major weapon that he didn't have also. So he did it without a full caliber of weapons last year. So I think he's capable of it, but something's in his head right now, and he's got to get it out or the season's going to be over soon. Uh, I think you're right. I think he's just – I think he's jittery. I think it's yeah. – I think he realizes without saying it that I'm if I don't make something happen, I'm going to get killed. Well, I don't think he's scared. No, he's not scared. Well, he's not scared, but I think it's more of a question of being like – I, other than – other than the word rattled, jittery, mm-hmm. nervous, that, you know, he's going to drop back the pass and, you know, six people are going to be on him. Yeah. So, and and then, you know, he's the, – the other problem is with Wentz, mm-hmm. and I've noticed this, and with 2017, I think I said – I think I said to you one time, oh, my God. I never thought I would have a quarterback in Philadelphia that walked up to the line like Peyton Manning and started barking stuff out mm-hmm. and saying, you know, kill, 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 and, you know, let's go to this. Where is that? I agree. It's completely gone. It's gone. And that's where I put the blame on Wentz. If he doesn't like what he sees and he thinks that his protection is not going to protect him for the play that's, that is being run – Get out of it. I agree. Hand it to Sanders. And, you know, he's – in one year, he's probably going to make more than than the coach ever will. Right. So, they, that your franchise quarterback needs to say to the coach, get me out of this. You know, I got a, you know, a possible all-pro running back behind me. If I'm not going to get the protection I need, let's let's get him involved in this game. Let's get some screen passes set up for him. Let them come at me so that I can throw a screen pass to the guy. You know, kill, kill, kill. You know, in 2017, he would. That's what he would do. It looked like, oh my God, we got a little Peyton Manning on our hands. And then I haven't seen any of that this year at all from him. He walks up to the line, he stares at the defense for a couple seconds, and then snaps the ball. I I agree. I had, you know, I also agree with a couple of people who have said that he's not reading the defenses right. He's. I don't think he is either. That's another yeah, problem. So, again, I, I've lost a little bit of faith in him based on what I just told you mentally. But I think physically and talent-wise, I think he has the ability to come out of this. And I really hope that he does. But you can't win in the NFL without weapons. You have to have weapons. And if you're not going to have weapons, you have to have a stellar defense. And obviously, we don't have a stellar defense. No. We we basically decided that we do not need a linebacker in the NFL. <laughs> we have no linebackers. We have no hitters. Nobody that could stop the run and, like, mm-hmm. plant somebody on their ass yeah. when they're trying to get through the line. Everybody wants to be all finesse and, 
you know, give them the five-yard chuck and then let them go. I agree. So, I mean, without a stellar defense, you need to put weapons around your quarterback. I agree. And, you know, on defense right now, you know, the the all-stars of that defense right now is Brandon Graham, who's got four sacks already, yes. and Darius Slay. Yeah, and, and that's it. Jaylen, I, Jaylen I can't Mills, think of anybody else. Right. Jalen Mills mm-hmm. has been an absolute nightmare. He's a yeah, he's I cut him today. I would as Between well. Me, other than those two players, and Fletcher Cox had one big play the last two games. So he's yeah. getting paid $100 million, and he's made two plays so far. So, and I like Fletcher Cox. Me too. But I'm not trying to, you know, paint the most horrible picture. But no, he has to be better. Yeah. And other than those two players that you mentioned, I can't tell you another player on defense that has stepped up. I agree. Um, right. So now we go, before we finish up here, we go into now San Francisco, who just scored 36 points against the Giants, uh, a 36 points well, with an offense with no one. Um, I could throw. Yeah. I could score 36 <laughs> so points. So it does look like, though, the Niners are getting Mostert back, Kittle back, but they're not going to get Garoppolo. They're still missing those big pieces on defense. But then you got to go to play Pittsburgh, and then you got to play Baltimore. Baltimore, mm-hmm. who looked terrible against Kansas City on Monday night. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Lamar looked very – I'm sorry, but Lamar will run all over them. Oh, I agree. If Jared I agree. Goff – if Goff could run the RPO and bootleg yeah. and do anything he wanted, imagine what this guy is going to do to us. I know. So He's going to destroy us. Over these – Next three games, do you see any light at the end of the tunnel, or are you looking at one five and one? Where are they going to get the? I'm sorry. Or are you looking at um, or are you looking at what is it? Oh, 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 five and one. Between the Ravens, Pitts, there is nothing (laughs) that I have seen so far from the Eagles that would tell me that they could beat any one of those three teams. Okay. So I'm looking, unfortunately, at 05 and 1. Ugh. Now, if I if they wake up mm-hmm. and they play with their heart and they start playing, you know, eagle football, they might be able to get a win or two out of it. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing that I've seen to show it. I'm sorry. And what's even more wild? Pittsburgh's three and zero. Oh. Yeah, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh a good team. Those two and one, mm-hmm. and Baltimore's two and one. Yeah, so there's no and the Eagles are I, I don't see it. What's wild is that after these next three games, if they're losses, they still might be a game or two out of first place. <laughs> well, that was the next thing I said. What's unbelievable is is that they're one game out of first place. Mm-hmm. The 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 I think it's the the unfortunately the Redskins beat the Eagles, but the Giants are 0 3. Mm-hmm. Dallas is one and two, Washington's one and two, and the Eagles are 0 two and one. They're one game out of first place. The Giants might be a one and fifteen team. It's possible. Hey, the Eagles don't look any better than oh, I agree. I think the Eagles are a geez, at best, maybe five and eleven right now. Maybe. How many? Five. Yeah, five and eleven. I picked the what's unbelievable is I picked them I picked the Eagles to go, you know, based with the based on a healthy Deshaun Jackson and you know, all the money that they spent on the defense, I picked them to go 10 and 6. Yeah, I had 12 and 4. Oh, I know. You were. You were <laughs> um, somebody, I forget who it was, that said that they were going to go 13 and 3. I can't remember who it was, though. But Well, I can't rip them for that because I was one game less. Yeah, I'm, I was – I'm 10 and 6. I was 10 and 6. Now I'm, I'm hoping for – not even hoping. I'm just – I'm hoping that they get a high draft pick. If they go five, if they go five and eleven, is Howie is Howie or Doug gone? Man, it's really, really a great question. In my opinion, both of them, if they go five and eleven, should be terminated. Wow. Yes. That would set this city on fire, man. Based on Howie, for Peterson, based on ineptitude, and based on for Howie, based on his draft picks. All right. You said the draft. I, you know, I can't blame Howie for, I can't blame Howie for performance on the field or for um, 
execution of the game plan, that's not his fault. But the talent that he's put out and the draft picks that he's missed on, and you name them, mm-hmm. is it's 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 unconceivable to me that if they have a five and eleven team that they're that the the that Jeffrey Lurie would allow him to command that draft again. It really is. I I agree. I agree. Um, all right, guys, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. That's going to wrap us up here um, uh, uh, tonight. Dad, thank you so much for taking the time out. You're welcome. Um, hope to have you on again soon. We're going to thank hope you. for a much Thanks different me. result um, this weekend on my daughter's birthday weekend. Yep. Um, so hoping for, for something good out there in San Francisco. Um, all right, guys, I want to thank you guys so much. Once again, if you guys want to follow Enterprise Sports at Enterprise Sports on Instagram, uh, you guys know where to find me on the socials. So definitely check us out there. Um, this is Face Off with Chris. I am Christy Francesco. I hope you guys have a good rest of your week and weekend. Um, watch the presidential debates. If you guys get a chance, absolutely pay attention. Um, November is going to be probably one of the biggest months um in the last half century so definitely um pay attention to everything that's going on guys and get out there register and get out there and vote uh again dad thank you very much all right good uh, night everybody good, yep have a good one guys i'll catch you guys down the road uh have a good one thanks uh, for having me chris